Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number one of Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to be reading the first couple of verses. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Well, we've finally come to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. And we started our study in the book of Revelation a long time ago now. Uh, We've done many hundreds of Bible studies in this book, working carefully through uh, this this entire um, book given to the Apostle John, or as God revealed it to his servant John, verse by verse. And now we've come to chapter 22. And, and this book and its closing is uh, different than any other book of the Bible. And it's a concluding chapter because Revelation chapter 22 is not just the concluding chapter of the book of Revelation, but it's the concluding chapter of the whole Bible because of its placement. It is the last book that God um, revealed to mankind. It when When God moved the Apostle John to record these things that we find in Revelation 22, and uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll soon get to that last verse, verse 21, that says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That is the last divine communication from God to man. Never again. After that last word was given, God completed the Bible, and and that was it. It was the complete communication from God to the world, or or to His elect people within the world, and and never again would God break the barrier of the supernatural to communicate with any person. Uh, because the Bible was completed. The Bible was God's revelation. And, and if anyone wanted to hear from God, they, from that point on, could only do so through the Scriptures themselves, through the Bible, Genesis, through Revelation. So we're, uh, we're now going to go verse by verse through this last chapter. And... It's interesting, and really, we didn't really plan uh, to 
have um, Revelation 22 coincide uh, so closely with our approach to October 7th, 2015. It just worked out that way. And it, it may be we have some additional time after going through this chapter and we'll we'll uh, look to other things to fill up the Bible study time until October 7th. But it is interesting that here we are approaching the likely conclusion to the world and God has had us and, and permitted us to go through the last book of the Bible all the way now to the last chapter and we're almost step in step with uh, with the last uh, days of life in this world if, if we're correct in, in our understanding and so it seems very appropriate that now we're entering uh, into Revelation chapter 22 and in verse 1 God says as he spoke to the Apostle John, and John wrote down the Word of God, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And of course, the uh, references to pure river of water, clear as crystal, means this water is unpolluted, uncontaminated by sin, by error of any kind. It, it is perfect. There, there is no blemish, no spot, uh, no contamination by man uh, or corruption in, in any way. And it is pure. And remember, this chapter is following Revelation 21, the first heaven, the first earth were passed away and I see a new heaven and new earth. And it's continuing the thought of this glorious point of time, the fulfillment of everything God has said concerning his promises for a new heaven and new earth and in bringing his people into the holy land, in into the promised land where they will dwell living forevermore. And in that land, God is saying, there flows a pure river of water of life. And, uh, you know, when we read about a pure river of water of life, we uh, are reminded of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. In John chapter 4, and I'm going to read a um, pretty good-sized portion of this. In John 4, beginning in verse 5, it says, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, 
being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Well, let, let's stop here a second, because that's what we're reading about in Revelation 22, verse 1. A pure river of water of life. It's living water. And Jesus uh, was telling the Samaritan woman he could give her living water. Well, she she's curious about that. And then it says in verse 11, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And, of course, Christ is talking of spiritual water. And the woman is thinking of the water of the well, physical water, the water that's common in the world. And and she wonders, how can you give me water to drink and and uh, this living water? You don't have a bucket and the well's deep. And then Jesus, uh, he, he continues on speaking of the spiritual water. And that water comes uh, with salvation. It is the gospel, the word of God, brings salvation to a sinner and, uh, and thereby water of life to a thirsty soul. Even though if that soul doesn't know it's thirsty or not, it is. God says in the Beatitudes, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. And Christ brings his righteousness by the obedience of one, many are made righteous. His righteousness, which quenches the spiritual thirst of those God is drawing in the day of the drawing, in the day of salvation, when God would save sinners, he would satisfy their thirst eternally. It would spring up like a well of water, eternal satisfaction because he brought forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And all this is related to water of life. In John chapter 7, Jesus says on the last day, that great day of the Feast of Tabernacles, and some people come here and say, well, you see, Jesus is speaking of anyone thirst, come unto him and drink, and and therefore it's a, a crying out, a call 
to come to him for salvation. It's a sending forth of the gospel. And they don't know what they're talking about. It, it, it seems they haven't read Revelation 21 and Revelation 22 that we're reading in other scriptures where God indicates that eternal life, which is given when? When is God going to fulfill his promise regarding eternal life to um, his people, his elect, the promise he has spoken in many places at many times throughout the Bible? When will it be fulfilled? Ultimately, on the last day, on that great day of the feast, the the spiritual fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles is the last day of earth's existence, the last day, the day of the resurrection. I will raise him up at the last day, Jesus said again and again in John 6. Martha said, I know that he will arise at the resurrection at the last day. The last day is when Christ equips his people, all of them, with new resurrected bodies, and he creates a new heaven and new earth, and he places them in that glorious new creation, the promised land to live forevermore. Here is the pure river of water of life. Here is what Jesus had in mind when he spoke to the Samaritan woman, and he said, Whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. It is the very end of this world and the beginning of that future eternal world wherein that water flows forever and ever. And and the final um, fulfillment, the, the completion of God's salvation program comes into actuality. That's what Christ had in view in John 4, or here in John 7, in verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of water identifies with eternal life. The water that quenches thirst, that truly satisfies, not the vain water that's available now that, that you can drink and thirst again. It's temporal. It, it, it cannot quench the thirst of man. Uh, uh, not in a satisfying manner because we constantly have to go back to it. It's much like the high priest of Israel. They had to continually offer the sacrifice. But Christ, once for all, at the point of the world's foundation, offered up himself and made payment, never needing to uh, offer again. And the water of life satisfies in that kind of way eternally, and that's the water that we're seeing in view on the last day, because Revelation 
22 as well as 21, is talking about the last day when this present heaven and earth is passed away and the new heaven and new earth begins. Let's uh, go to Revelation chapter 21, and we were recently looking at this, but let, let's read from um, verse 1 of Revelation 21. I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And then in verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. They passed away with the old heaven and old earth, which is our present heaven and present earth. And then in verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Why does God say that at that point? After speaking of the the heaven and earth are passed away, that the former things are passed away, and he says it is done. He is Alpha and Omega, indicating the Omega part has come. He is the beginning and the ending, indicating the ending has come. And then he says, I will give, and that's future tense. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Because the last day, the great day of the feast, come and drink of this water of life for all eternity. The water of life is eternal life. It, the last day is the time when God opens up the veil. He, he pulls back that curtain that has separated the kingdom of heaven, the spiritual kingdom from this world. He destroys this present earth and its unsaved inhabitants. And he now shows the reality of what he has done. Here is what I have said. Here is the validation. Here is the confirmation. This reveals and shows forth that God is faithful and true to every word he has spoken in the Bible. And here is the water of life. Drink, drink, and and drink uh, of it forevermore. It will flow forevermore. It will never cease to flow. The river of eternal life continues to go forth, and it is showing that God's people will forevermore live. They they will live forever and ever. It's also in Revelation chapter 7, in a very significant place, after um, the Lord has showed us the great multitude no man could number. And then he says of them, 
in Revelation 7, verse 14, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, because the question was asked, Whence did they come from? And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Now that is speaking of our current uh, situation, our present time, because it makes reference to day and night, which is a time reference. And, and, and we have come out of great tribulation, and we are still alive and remaining on the earth, waiting that last day. So that applies to now. Then it says in verse 16, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. Likewise, verse 16 applies to now. Hunger and thirst identifies with hungering and thirsting, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. But God's elect do not hunger and thirst after righteousness because they've all been saved and they've all um, now obtain the righteousness of Christ. Then in verse 17, it says, For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them. Now it's future. Shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So, here you've come out of great tribulation and we're serving God day and night throughout the time period of the prolonged day of judgment. But then comes the last day. And on the last day, God again destroys this earth and creates the new heaven and new earth. And he leads us to the living fountains of waters of life. Rivers of pure waters of life flow forth. And where do they flow forth from? It says, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Is that a faulty source? Can we be concerned that the source of the waters of the river of life, that that it may dry up at some point? No. No, God himself is the source. The Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the source of the flowing water of life. And and so there's never a concern. There's never the possibility that somehow the water might dry up, that it might stop its flow, and and there may not be eternal life. Maybe it will be extended life, long, long, long life into eternity future, and, and then end at some point. No, that, that's, that's a, a thought that only comes from uh, our, our sin-weary minds that are present in this world, because this world disappoints. This world is corrupt. This world has everything tainted with sin but God's holy word and the new soul he gives his elect. This world, yes, that would be um, our our worry. 
but not for that world. God has repeatedly made it clear there will be no death there, which means no sin there, and no tears and no sorrow and no pain, and and therefore there is eternal life, and God guarantees it. Eternal life springs forth and rises up from God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who purchased it for his people. He paid the price, the penalty that was required to deliver his people from death, and now they have life. God wouldn't say we had eternal life unless we would live forever. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.